Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. That's up, boot. Wait, wait, what? What's up, dude? Dude, would you call me a boob? What'd you call a boob? Man. I didn't even call you any names today. I was like in between like a cough or something. And then I said boob, I think. Or dude. That's what it sounded like to me. I'm sorry. Man. I meant my friend. Okay. I'm going to give grace today. (laughs) Only because I can't. I don't have a good comeback. If I had a good comeback, I would... Yeah, you were a little shocked though you're like wait what did like, he just wait, we just wait we just went live and you're 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 dropping the boob bomb what is that my bad oh man you just can't see this is why we need an edit button folks yeah but we're not editing man it. i'm so glad you guys are listening and watching us today if you guys have never watched us on youtube you really need to check it out otherwise you won't see if pete's wearing a hat or you know or just anything <laughs> or anything RCR. no that's not, he's always got we ever pick on. our nose when we're oh uh, i don't think so please stop i was going to talk about your hair i, I, I touch my nose all you the have time. amazing hair right so yeah. we always give you a hard time about hair and makeup but, but yeah sometimes it's watch us on youtube and make sure you click the subscribe button please yeah. and then hit that bell the bell's for you really it just lets you know when uh we have a new episode get dropped which is usually on thursday morning so I wonder you, what, you don't miss it i wonder what these people what are people because we have a pretty good size following on our podcast listeners right they're they're, they're not video people right they're just audio I, only yeah, yeah but i wonder how they feel because i mean it's like our audience keeps growing as far as the podcast but i mean they, they kind of want to know what we look like, at least eventually, yeah. right? I wonder if they get curious and like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to it on YouTube, but I got to see what these boobs look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Word of funny. the day, boys and girls. So we, uh, so we got to hang out at your pool. It's finally done, Pete. I can't the, believe it. it. Literally today is the first time we've had both, both, well, everything working. So we, we had some things that needed to be fixed and, and, um, but yeah, we had you over the other night and, um, that was fun. Fired up the old jacuzzi. Yep. It was amazing. I was, it's I, bigger than I thought it was going to be. It was it's, incredible. It's really nice, right? Yeah, we got like what five of us in there. Yeah, well, Sammy's pretty small, but, but we still had <laughs> we room. still had five in yeah. there. Yeah. Well, there's five jets in there too, yeah. so you can actually have you know five people getting their back jetted. Is that right? Is that how? But it was it, it was know. such a beautiful night. The sunset was just happening. Right. Um, you have this like blue cool glow. You that, like the blue? Oh, I love it. The blue is my favorite color. In in your pool, and then we had uh, we had an outdoor movie screen. It's like a big old TV <laughs> that you have outside, <laughs> and we had worship going. Yes. And it was just I'm telling I sat there and I'm just go, we're talking. I'm just like, man, this is a game changer. I mean, it was just awesome. Thank and uh, we just hung out for I think we're in in the jacuzzi for like a couple hours, right? Yeah, the lights went off. I have a two hour timer on the lights. So, yeah. So we were in the, <laughs> just for a couple of hours, just talking, fellowshipping, worshiping. It was just like, you know, after we got done eating and so forth, you can't ask for anything better. So I was just blessed by that. It was That's so much awesome. fun. I told him I can't wait to go again. Well, it's fun. We we are blessed beyond belief. And it's just been a really cool place. We're looking forward to using it for for gatherings and just parties and just hanging out. And man, it's just it's yeah. awesome. We've got men's breakfast coming up this weekend and going to use it for that as well. So, yep. hey, you know, it'd be really cool one day. What? If like somebody at men's breakfast wanted to get baptized. How cool would that be? Amazing. That would be awesome. I would just warm up the jacuzzi to 88 
and no. then they, get the they didn't warm up the Jordan River for Jesus. We're not warming up the jacuzzi for anybody else. Come on, man. Sorry. Just, like a little bit warm. We're not <laughs> saying was, hot. That wasn't loving. We're in Orlando. How cold is it going to be? I don't know. I went into your pool and it was cold. I'm just saying. Yeah, it was 82 degrees. It was cold to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is from the California guy, right? Where your ocean has 45, ice on top 55. of it. You guys can't even get in there without a wetsuit. That's where the wetsuit came from. <laughs> But it's fun. It's a blessing, no doubt. It's been a it's been a long journey, but uh, man, we are just so happy. I know to we've have talked it. about your pool a lot on this show, and finally we're enjoying it. Well, we've been building the pool about as long as we've been doing the podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes hand in hand. So now that the pool's done, does that mean we're done? Oh my gosh! No, funny. don't say that. No way! Don't say that. No way! What are we gonna talk about? I think today? we're just getting going. I mean, we're we have momentum. So you know what? Having that pool back there, it's almost like being in heaven. Oh really? That's you know the best here on earth is probably the worst in heaven. So if we could think of the it's very not even best, yeah, if we think of the very best we experience here on earth, oh. it could be like the very worst that we would experience in heaven. You That's know, the only way I can think of it. I've heard so many preachers put it this way, um, for you know, talking to believers and unbelievers, like for unbelievers, this is the best it will ever get. Yeah. And for believers, this is the worst it'll ever be. Yeah. That's the best way to look at it. I love that. It so with that so said, true. let's talk about heaven today. Let's talk about <laughs> heaven. Well, let's, before we do that, Pete, let's let's uh, let's pray. let's pray first. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we uh, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to talk about you, to share, uh, man, to, to share heaven. And we're gonna, so we're going to just talk about a, a little bit about that today, and what questions people have. And and uh, Lord, we just want to we just want to give you glory in all of this, Lord. We ask that you bless our listeners, that uh, you would draw them near as they, as they hear the, the, the words that we share. Uh, we just pray that they would be your words, Lord. We love you. We thank you. Bless this show in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, we could probably do three or four shows on heaven, but we're just, we picked some popular questions that people might have about heaven. Um, Is Brian Adams going to be here? No, right? <laughs> that would have been, been a good segue, right? <laughs> <laughs> Play it. Wow. Right. Can you tell I'm a child of the 80s? That's crazy. All right. Let's go ahead and do an opening right. statement and kind of set this up. And uh, so the word, the Hebrew word there is, is Shah Mayim. Yeah. I mean, and then thank you. our Anas. Our, I'm still going to stumble over okay. them, but that's okay. All right. All right. In, in the Christian tradition, heaven and paradise have been words used to answer the question, where do I go when I die? Yes. The idea of of the dead being in heaven or enjoying paradise often brings enormous comfort to the bereaved and hope to those suffering or dying. Heaven is a real place described in the Bible. The word heaven is found 276 times in the New Testament That's cool. alone. That's a lot. Yeah. The words for heaven are, uh, or heavens in Hebrew are, here we go. Shemayan. Yeah. Shemayan. Sham, Shemayan. There you go. Yeah. See, you didn't know I spoke Greek. Yeah, I mean, no, Hebrew. that's Hebrew or the Greek Oranos. <laughs> Oranos, good. good. I almost said that with a Spanish Ooh, accent, though. I don't, don't know if that was right. Yeah. Can also be translated as sky. So heaven can be translated as sky. Very got cool. It. it is not something that exists externally, but rather part of creation. Mm. The first line of the Bible states that heaven is created along with the creation of the earth. Genesis one. Yeah, it is primarily God's dwelling place in the biblical tradition a parallel realm where everything operates according to God's will. Many people have questions about heaven. So today we're going to answer a few of those questions. I love it. So it's like, um, this is somewhere that I can't wait to get to. 
So like we just talked about, this is like I everything that I'm doing today is to one day prepare me to live in heaven with God for all eternity. Yeah. And so I, this is a big deal. So heaven is what we are going to make it today. It's going to be amazing. It's unbelievable. So if we're listening to this, we should always keep our focus in on heaven. We want to know that one day when we die, we will be with Jesus for all eternity in heaven. And as a, as a believer of God and, um, you know, believer of Jesus and what he did. And so that's, that's what we're looking forward to. For all of eternity. That's it. So that's what, a long time, right? It is. That's a long time. All is all. You can't get any more than all. All right, so what is heaven like? Heaven. Well, let's start here. Scripture refers to three heavens. Yep. Did you know that, Pete? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Apostle Paul was caught up to the third heaven, yeah. but was prohibited from revealing what he experienced there. Um, you can read 2 Corinthians 12, 1 through 9 yeah. and uh, kind of hear about that. Oh, actually, we could do that, Pete, if you wanted to read that. No, we don't need to. I mean, I just it gives it context. So, I mean, caught up in the third heaven, I when I read over that, I think a lot of times people just read over that and they're like, wait, they don't ever stop and think, wait, if there's third heaven, that means there's one and two heaven, right? So yeah, there's like, got to be. Wait, now you're, now you're thinking. Yeah. Now you're thinking, Pete. Yeah. So there's, there's third heaven. So this third heaven is paradise, maybe. This is that, you know, there's something else other than the other two heavens. But, you know, in the Old Testament, it, you know, as the sky or the firmament, this is the heaven that contains clouds, the area that the birds, the fly. So the first heaven we think are, according to the Old Testament, is the sky. It's the firmament. It's that aspect. And we believe the second heaven. So like our, our atmosphere. Yeah, that's kind of that. And then the second heaven is like outer space, interstellar, it's, which is a boat of the stars, the planets, or the celestial objects. So we find that in Genesis 1, 14 through 18. So there's three heavens. One is Paul is somewhere, paradise. He's somewhere talking with or meeting with God or there's something happening where he probably can't describe it. He probably is up there going, okay, there's, this is um, unlike anything I have in my vocabulary. Hmm. This is, this is super different. This is just out of the ordinary. So we get that. So that's kind of where we see the three different heavens. You think it's like, you hear those stories of like, um, out of body experiences where people, oh, yeah. people have died or, you know, they you know, went in comas and stuff like that. And they kind of talk about it. it's like that bright light, right? Yeah. They try to explain but what they they're can't. seeing, but they really can't because there's no words to describe what they're seeing. Yeah. We don't have vocabulary for it. Heaven has its own dictionary. Whoa. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It does. I mean, there's got to be stuff in heaven that it, it, to understand it, it has to have its own dictionary. Well, if you could wrap your brain around it now. How great. It's like when people ask, oh, I don't understand that about God. Or how could, I mean, like, yeah, but if I could understand or explain God, then that would kind of make me God, you know? Yeah. I don't want a God that I can totally understand or explain. Right. So Well, that makes sense. So when we go to heaven, I, I want to be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, Billy Graham said, my home is in heaven. I'm just traveling through this world. He got it. I like that. Yeah. So his home is in heaven. So one day he'll be with God for all eternity. All right, let's go to step th st uh, statement three. Heaven is a place of no mores. There will be no more tears, no more pain, and no more sorrow. Revelations 21.4 says that. There will be no more separation because death will be conquered. Revelations 26 tells us that. The best thing about heaven is the presence of our Lord and Savior. 1 John 3.2 says that. So when we're in heaven, Jesus will be there. And we will fa be face to face with the Lamb of God who loved us and sacrificed himself so that we can enjoy his presence in heaven for eternity. So that is the best aspect of heaven. 
So the Bible tells us to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So if we're absent from this body, we're dead, we're deceased. The Bible tells us that we will be in heaven with our Savior. We will be face to face with him. Bob, did you lose us? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I was trying to find something. I had I had printed out some quotes, and apparently I printed the wrong page because I have like a duplicate page. I've done but, that. Man, I had a couple C.S. Lewis quotes that I wanted to share about heaven, and now I can't find them. So it's okay. I'll have to do it next time. Yeah. You have to, yeah, the next, next part. You could tell I had that lost look in my so face. This so this one like, was talking about what there's going to be no more. There's no more sorrows, no more tears. So like if you're in pain today or you're in sorrow today or no you're more. in agony today, just know that once this life is over, there's going to be none of that. No more tears. None awesome. of that. So that's something we get to look forward to. It's hard to comprehend because, I mean, some of us have more pain than others. It's right. hard to comprehend. But one day, that's all going to be gone. All right. So let's go to the next one. Where will where the, will there be a marriage in heaven? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. So what do you think? The Bible tells us at resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. Matthew twenty two thirty. This was Jesus's answer in response to a question concerning a woman who had been married multiple times in her life. This is the one where it like went through all the brothers, right? Yep. Whom would she be married to in heaven, they asked. Evidently, there will be no such thing as marriage in heaven. This does not mean that a husband and wife will no longer know each other in heaven. This also does not mean that a husband and wife could not still have a close relationship in heaven. What, what it does seem to indicate through Jesus's words, though, is that a husband and wife will no longer be married in heaven. Yeah, I, I mean, that's we find that in Matthew 22, 23 through 28. But yeah, it's, it's like God was saying that I, I believe that we're going to know each other. I believe that we're going to and we're going to talk about this more about we're going to recognize who each other. But I, I don't believe that marriage is, is needed anymore. So remember, the reason why God brought Eve was to be a helpmate, right? Mm. It was to come along. So there's a need there. You know, we have a desire, we have a need. And so we're there to help each other um, do that. And also in heaven, we don't see anywhere it talks about us procreating. I don't see that. So, I mean, as far as a child of God, maybe the uh, the people that were left behind, um, that's a whole nother show. So the ones that were left behind after the rapture, um, maybe they can procreate because um, it talks about their kids are in heaven, um, but not talking about a child of God before. Um, I don't believe there's any need for us to be <clears throat> able to marry. Any thoughts on that? Well, yes. So I'm confused, Pete, because you always hear, you know, couples saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to love you forever. Or I'm going to, you know, yeah. we're going to be there forever. And that's not really a true statement. Yeah, I think when we get to heaven, we're going to be so focused on worshiping God and so focused on what our duties are with him. I mean, we're again, we're going to be at peace. We're going to have filled with joy. We're going to have, I mean, that's what our whole attention is going to be on. Yeah, I don't I think, think it's going to be on the, the needs that we need from our, par- our marriage. I think that's true. I think we're going to be so blown away by the presence of God that anything else, we're, it's not even going to cross our yeah. minds. But I believe we'll know each other for sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's the next one. All right. So will we be able to see and know our friends and family members in heaven? That's another question. So the first one is marriage. Next one is what we know. So what do you think? You want to read it? I think we will. Uh, Many people say that the first thing they want to do when they arrive in heaven is see all their friends and loved ones who have passed on before them. In eternity, there will be plenty of time for that. Plenty of time to see others and spend time with their friends and family members. However, that will not be our primary focus. No, we kind of just talked about that. Yeah, Yeah. you're going to be just blown away, right? Yeah. 
we will be far more occupied with worshiping God and enjoying the wonders of heaven. Our reunions with loved ones are more likely to be filled with recounting the grace and glory of God in our lives. Oh, that's good. His wondrous love and his mighty works. We will rejoice all the more because we can praise and worship the Lord in the company of other believers, especially those that we loved on earth. I always go back to kind of that Isaiah 16 or Revelations 4, where we're up in heaven, we're caught up in the heaven, and we're seeing the, the, all the angels and everybody worshiping God, crying, holy, holy, holy is his name. But I can just imagine, it's going to be one of those most glorious times. I mean, if any of our listeners are listening, have you ever been to one of those worship series sets where it's like the most, it's like you almost have an out-of-body experience. You're in such a worship mindset and you're glorifying the Lord. You're just like broken before him. You're on your knees before him and you're just, you have your hands up and you're just like totally broken. You're totally surrendered. And it's, and I can just imagine that in, in heaven. I can imagine that it's going to be like a, an incredible, I call it afterglow. It's just going to be an incredible time where we're going to be so complete, so fulfilled, so filled with just goodness and joy. Um, and I just think that, you know, we're, you know, maybe we'll have friends and family, maybe we'll see them and all that stuff, but that's not going to be our focus. That's not going to be where our attention is. I think that's going to be a byproduct of everything. So that's kind of it. All right. What's statement six say? What does the Bible say about whether we will be able to recognize people in the afterlife? That's a good question. Yeah. King Saul recognized Samuel when the witch of Endor summoned Samuel from the realm of the dead. Yeah, you remember that? um, No, I do not remember that story. Oh, so he was like, uh, he wanted to find out, uh, you know, what's his fate? Is he doomed? And so he, uh, he outlawed all of the witches in Israel. And so he went undercover. And he was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, be quiet. And he comes into this lady and she knows right away, wait, you're saw, you're catching me. You're going to kill me. He was like, no, I need you to do this. I need you to summon Samuel. And, uh, and so Samuel's head pops up and, uh, and comes up and tells him and talks to him. And so he's like, whoa, you know, he got the, he goes in this day, you're going to die. So Samuel told him straight up, he's going to die, him and his son. And so he knew his death. Samuel kind of prophesied ahead of time. Well, I'm going to read this story soon because I'm I'm reading through the book, the the yearbook, through the, you know, reading through the Bible in a year. And I'm in first Samuel right now. So I'm getting very close to to that story. All right, let me finish. When David's infant son died, David declared, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. That's a fascinating statement. That's in second Samuel. So this is before Jesus. This is before in the resurrection. We're talking about all of that. Okay, so this is in 2 Samuel 12, 23. It says, he, after the baby died, remember, this is Bathsheba's baby that he had. The baby died. He says, I will go to him, but he will not return to me. So he had an understanding that one day we'll be in heaven hmm. with our loved ones. All right. David assumed that he would be able to recognize his son in heaven despite, despite the fact that he died as a baby. In Luke 16, Abraham, Lazarus, and the rich man were all recognizable after the death. Yeah, you remember that story. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we just talked about that, didn't we? Yeah, we we? did. At the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah were recognizable. That's in Matthew 17. Yeah, remember that? So so, uh, Peter, James, and John are sitting there with Jesus, and all of a sudden, he's ascended up. And then they both recognize immediately, well, that's Moses, that's Elijah. That's right. Nobody ever said anything. They just knew. And so there you go. I wonder yeah. how they did that, because they didn't have pictures of them. No, they just knew. They and knew. I think that's what will happen when we get to heaven. We're just going to know everybody. We're going to know Peter. We're going to know Paul. We're just going to know. I think it's, it's like we're the, it's, I believe that we only, how much of the percentage of the brain do we use? 
Only a small percent, right? Yeah. Well, when we get to heaven, we're going to use all the brain. That's the way I look at it. Hmm. I think God's going to download the whole everything in our brain, our capacity. Or I don't know. I'm just saying the new body is going to have all the brain. Probably. I'm going to get an upgrade. I'm going to get. Yeah, we're going to have everything. We're going to have everything. RAM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, he just they just know. So that's my thought. Anyway. Uh, there, I'm not saying good. that because there's biblical statements to that. Okay, so this is an opinion? No, but that's what I think. Based <laughs> off of this verse. I mean, that makes me wonder. How do they know? Well, I think God just tells us uh, we're just going to know. All right. all right. Well, remind me. I found my quotes. So oh, good. That's good news. Yeah. All right. Can people in heaven look down and see us, Pete? I don't know. Can they? I don't know. Well, let's read about it. All right. Some see, <laughs> some see in Hebrews 12.1 the idea that people in heaven might be able to look down and see us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, the witnesses are the heroes of our faith listed in Hebrews 11. And the fact that we are surrounded by them leads some commentators to understand those heroes and possibly others are look, that they are actually looking down on us from heaven. Hmm. Well, the idea that people are looking down from heaven to see what we're doing is common in popular culture. But as much as we might like the notion that we're being watched by our departed loved ones, that's not kind of what the Hebrews 12 yeah, one is I saying. It's so teaching. Build, building on Hebrews 11, the author begins drawing up some practical lessons. That's why chapter 12 begins with, therefore. Whenever we see therefore in the Bible, we ask ourselves, why what is, is it therefore? There? <laughs> what is it talking about? <laughs> The witness are the people whom God commends for their faith in chapter 11, and there's a large crowd of them in heaven. The question is, in what way are they witnesses? So the proper interpretation of Hebrews 12.1 is that the men and the women forming the great cloud of witness are the witnesses to the value of the living by faith. The Old Testament stories give testimony to the blessings of choosing faith over fear. To paraphrase the, the start of Hebrews 12.1, since we have so many tried and true examples of proven faith, so it's not that people are, are in heaven watching us as if our lives are on earth are so interesting <laughs> or that they have nothing better to do, but that those who have gone before us have set a lasting example for us. The record of the lives bears witness to faith and God and tr truth. So that's kind of the thought. Any thoughts on that? Yes, I like to look at it this way. I I think they're role models. They're they're people that we could we should be looking up to. I think that's I think that's what the author of, of Hebrews is trying to say there. So I'm uh, many of you have heard that I'm writing a book, and part of my book that I'm writing, I'm going to use this um, in it. But I also believe that this possibly can be talking about um, the witnesses or the divine counsel. That's within um, the Psalms. And it says in Psalms 89, verse 5, it says, Let the heavens praise your wonders, O Lord, your faithfulness in the assembly of the holy ones. For who is the skies can be compared to the Lord? Who among the heavenly beings is like the Lord? A, gr a God greatly to be feared in the counsel of the holy ones, and awesome above all who are around him. O Lord God of hosts, who is mighty as you are, O Lord, with your faithfulness all around you. Um, and then it just goes on and on and on. But I, I read, I read that because, or I read that because, um, I believe that the witnesses, so the cloud of witness, great cloud of witnesses can also be that there's many angels, there's many, um, of God's, uh, assembly or God's counsel, um, are, are part of that witness. When we read the God's counsel in Revelations four, when it talks about the 24 elders that are around, um, if you read that 24 elders is not angels, it's not talk about Malak, which is the Hebrew word for angels. 
Um, it's not. It's talking about other beings. It's talking about something that's not, we don't know if it's created or not created. It's a, it's, it's a high ranking something. It's a high ranking other. And so, um, <laughs> that's vague. It is. So if you read it in the original, you'll see what I'm talking Isn't about. Isn't there something so, about the council in like Genesis <clears throat> six or somewhere uh, around no, there too? Yeah. Deuteronomy 32, eight, nine talks oh, about the rejection. Well, oh, that's actually not right. I didn't give that right context, but it's Psalms 82. It's different ones. All right. Anyway, you're good. Let's move on. I don't want to get into that. That's a whole nother show. When I, when I launch this book, um, what we'll do is we'll take a chapter uh, each of the book and we'll do a show based off the chapters to give context so people can follow that. So you're just doing that to force me to read your book. No, you're gonna. I'm gonna have you help edit it, so you're gonna be part of that team. But it's gonna be really good. I mean, I'm a promise you. There's gonna be things that are gonna be said in this book that give context to what's saying in the Bible. It's gonna be fun. A lot of people don't really understand. I am actually really looking forward right. to it. I jest. Yeah. I was just. I, I was know. trying to be funny. It didn't work. No. All right. So, um, do, 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 well, just to finish that statement, the Bible doesn't specifically say that people in heaven cannot look down on us. So no. we, we can't be dogmatic no. about it. However, no. it is unlikely that they can. People in heaven are likely preoccupied with other things, you know, little things like worshiping the creator of the universe, right? And enjoying the glories of heaven. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the people per se that are looking, but I think the cloud of witnesses of the holy beings can be. Or the angels that are, re, are are responsible to protect us or to help bring messages to us. I believe that that's part of it. Anyway, I probably confused people when I talked about my, my side note. But it's all right. It will all, all come together in the future. So keep listening to the show. One day we're going to talk about all of that weird stuff that I just talked about. All right, go on. As we go through Pete's book. I cannot wait. Yeah. All right, next statement. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul talks about the resurrection and the resurrected body. In verses 35 and following, he states that our heavenly bodies will be different from our natural bodies with some stark contrast. So this is the question is, what will we look like in heaven? Yeah. Oh, okay. Keep going. Yeah. Did I skip that? I think so. <laughs> Whereas our, well, okay. Whereas our <laughs> earthly bodies are characterized by mortality. What does that mean? Being susceptible to death. Yeah. Uh, our resurrected bodies. So we're going to get a totally new body. How I, cool is that? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah. We'll be characterized by immortality. <laughs> Not susceptible to death. Right. Because, you can't die. well, yeah. I guess you, your body can't die if you're going to live forever, right? Right. Likewise, our earthly bodies are susceptible to decay and corruption. They will become incorruptible. Um, you can read that in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty three. Yeah. Also, where our natural bodies are prone to weakness, our resurrected bodies will be characterized by strength. Yeah. See verse 43. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So just, I mean, think about what you just said. So characterized by mortality, being susceptible to death. So that's right now. We're susceptible to death. So these bodies right now, we could die. We will die, right? But our resurrected bodies, our divine bodies, our new bodies will be immortality. We won't be susceptible to death. It's not going to happen. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. If we go back to before Genesis 3, were Adam and Eve, were they, what body did they have? Did they, they have had a natural their, body or did they have an incorruptible body? Incorruptible body. They were to be with Jesus for all eternity. Until the fall. That's it. That's right. That's when it changed. That's when death came on. So they had that new body. So it changed everything. So if you want to know what it looks like, go back and see Adam and Eve. Yeah. Pre-Genesis so, 3. Right. So it's our body now is, is decaying, right? Yeah. Anybody that looks in the mirror today... Today looks different than 10 years ago. I'm sorry. It is a fact. Unless you've had some plastic surgery or something. 
We are decaying. You are buying Pete. I think you're right. doing all right. But that, but our new bodies is incorruptible. It will not decay. Amen. This is exciting. It you is. know, and then our 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 body now is prone to weakness. How many times have we woken up in the morning like, oh, not counting today? Right. It happens. But in our new bodies, we won't have that. So that kind of that's really cool. But now we have a natural body, but then we will have a spiritual body. The probably doesn't mean that we will be like ghosts processing nobody at all, floating around, unable to interact with things around us. After all, 1 Corinthians 15, 49 states that we will have a body like Jesus, resurrected body. So if we want to see that, we can see that in 1 John 3, 2. But Jesus, after his resurrection, told them to touch him and to watch him eat, demonstrating that he was not merely a spirit. Remember, we saw that in Luke 24, 37 through 43. But rather, it's more likely that just as the natural body is fitted for the present life in our physical universe, the spiritual body will be that which will be best suit us for our eternal existence we are destined for in our eternal abode. Jesus' resurrected body was capable of entering locked rooms at will. John 20, 19, our earthly body will limit us in ways in our dimensions, but our spiritual body will not. So we'll go through walls. I think it's going to be even cooler than putting on yeah. the Iron Man suit. Yeah. And I think, and I think that Jesus' appearance was a little bit different. So he, he was... So obviously he, you know, he looked different when he died than he was when he showed up. And so they would look at him and say, wait, is that you? And they had the second guess. I remember when he was walking with the... I was thinking the same thing. The two guys didn't recognize him. They didn't pick pick him up right away. So, I mean, I think that our bodies are going to look a little bit different, but I think there's going to be enough of the same characteristics that uh, maybe we'll recognize. I don't know. That's our thoughts on that. All right. So what's the next one? Will it be possible to sin in heaven? That's a good question. All right. The Bible describes heaven or the eternal state in great detail in Revelation chapter 21 and 22. No, nowhere in those chapters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I said that like a question. Yeah. Nowhere in those <laughs> chapters is the possibility of sin mentioned. I don't see it anywhere. In anywhere. There. In yeah. fact, we have the promise that in the eternal state, we will never experience death, sorrow, crying, or pain. See 20, uh, Revelation 21, 4. The absence of those things is proof positive that sin is also absent, since those things are the product of sin. See Romans 6.23. Okay, so I don't believe there's sin for the resurrected body. So for us, for believers that are surrendered to God, that have believed in Jesus, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day, and that are followers of him, that are believers in him, we will, I believe, will be, we're going to talk about this more, I believe we're going to be raptured, we're going to be caught up, or once we die, we'll be in his presence and we'll be there for all eternity. I do believe that after Jesus comes back again, the second time, that he will, uh, there will, I mean, during the Armageddon, or during the, the Great Tribulation, I believe that, you know, the Christians are going to be gone and there's going to be a group of element of people left behind. And I believe that they can get saved. The ones that don't take the mark of the beast, the ones that don't uh, don't uh, take the mark on their forehead or their their arm or their hand. So I believe that they will be saved as well and live and come live with the thousand year reign with God. But I believe that they will be able to sin because it says in the at last part of the thousand years, Satan will be released. The Bible says Satan will be released and many will follow him. So I believe those people are going to have the options. And it also says that they will have children. 
So there's some sort of children in that. Now, not for us, not the resurrected body, not Jesus's body, but I believe those that were left behind that came. So they're still going to have another choice to serve God, to live God, and make those choices or rebel against God. So they're still in the natural body. I think they're going to have the heavenly because they're going to be living for a thousand years. Hmm. But I think that Satan is going to tempt them like they tempted uh, Eve. So there's going to be something that's going to happen to cause another rebellion at the end. Now, that's a whole nother subject we got to get uh, IB on, and we'll let him go ahead and, <laughs> and good, share that whole story. Shout out to IB. Yeah. But uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of that thought. All right. Well, so, I have a question. Yeah. That, sorry, I didn't think of this earlier. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot because maybe you know, maybe you don't know. So, if we're, there's no more sin and we have our new, we have our new um, bodies, does that mean we just, we don't have the option? We lose free will? What's the, how does that, how does that work? I think that the, are by us surrendering to the Lord here on earth when things were all against us is us saying that, Hey, no, we're for God. We, we chose to be with God no matter what. And so that's, that's where our heart is. That's where we are. We're sanctified. We're completely uh, changed and transformed because we have surrendered to the Lord. We are in the Lamb's book of life. We are a new creature. Yeah. So we've, we've made that choice already. That's the choice has already been done. It's done. We already made that choice. We don't need to make another choice. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right. All right. Next one. Do we receive mansions in heaven? Um, That's funny because you hear that all the time. Yeah. Let's get context to this. All right. The night before Jesus was crucified, he told his disciples that he would be leaving them and that they could not go with him. See John 13. Peter asked where he was going and why they couldn't go with him. And Jesus assured them that they would, that they would follow him eventually. Yeah. Jesus said, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. John yep. 14, 2, yeah. 3. Yeah, so he's telling them that there's it's room. There's a room there. We're going to get into what that room is. But Wait, let's so go, mansion or room? Let's go into for, verse 14 <laughs> and kind of give us the context here. The saying of Jesus was has confused many because of the King James Version rendering of the word house and mansions. The Greek word translated house means an, ab- an abode, literally or figuratively, and in by implication, a family. The word translated mansions or rooms means literally the act of staying or residing. So, putting the Greek together, Jesus is saying that in God's home, heaven, there will be many people in the family of God all abiding together. Within God's heavenly house, Christians will live in the presence of the Lord. This is quite different from the idea of rows of mansions on streets of gold, which is the image many people have had uh, about with what Jesus said. Yeah, there was a um, a song that was audio adrenaline a while back. It says, you know, God's big, big house with lots of lots of rooms and where we uh, big, big table with lots of lots of food where we could play football. Big, big yard. We could play football. Um, that was a song. <clears throat> yeah, it was a really good song. You got to listen to it. <laughs> It's my father's house. It was that. Anyway, um, so mansions is a, a translation that was probably not the best translation in the King James Version. And so we've just taken that. Um, we don't know exactly, but we do know that God has gone to prepare a place for us. And we do know that there's treasures in heaven. 
And so from what we do know is that how we live on earth, our surrendered life, our obedience to the Lord, our worship of God, our, our sacrifice, our service for the Lord, because of our love for him, we want to do this. And, and I believe that God says that we will build up treasures in heaven. And I believe those treasures will be probably a part of our, our dwelling place or part of things we don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've said it in the past. Well, would I have a full house or will I have an empty house? You know, will I come to heaven with, with, with puny fruit or will I come to heaven with a lot of grapes and a lot of plush fruit? So that's the choices that I'm, I'm looking at. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's just a place that we're going to abide together and it's going to place that we're going to live together. So that's kind of the context. Hmm. So not to bust anybody's bubbles on that and, and hurts, you know, oh my gosh, does that mean I'm not going to get a mansion? I just know it's going to be incredible. And it's going to be a lot better than what we are experiencing here. If there's no mansion, does that mean there's no garage and no Ferraris? We don't know. Oh, man. We don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's, we just, we have to tell truth here. And so we're telling the truth in context, what the Bible is saying. (laughs) And, and that's been taught a lot. And that's, I think, believe that's an improper context to what the Bible is actually saying. So what we say is that it's going to be incredible. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be unlike, there's not, it's going to be a new dictionary. We talked about that. So when we look at our dwelling place, we're not going to have words to how unbelievable it is. It's, it's, right. it's going to be something unique. It's going to be something and, different. And I think that's the beauty of it. It's like you can try to imagine in your head, I think, how amazing it's going to be. You think of all the And, you know, I heard I heard a pastor say this one time. If you ask people, you know, what what heaven's going to be like, it depends on their stage of life, too. It's like if you ask a six year old what heaven's going to be like, they're probably going to talk about ice cream. Right. There's got to be ice cream in there. So I think it's just going to be it's we can't wrap our head around how unimaginable it is. So we just throw things out like mansions and ice cream and things well, like that. Rick, Rick Warren said this. He said, Jesus did not die on the cross just so we could live comfortable well-adjusted life. His purpose is far deeper. He wants us to make us like himself before he takes us to heaven. This is our greatest privilege, our immediate responsibility, and our ultimate destiny. So the more that we live our holy life, the more that we live for him, when we get to heaven, we'll just, you know, it would be like, hey, I've already been living a holy life. I get it. I, you know, you'll be more accustomed to what's going to be happening in heaven. So that's kind of what he's saying there. I'm gonna. I, I told you I had a few quotes. I, I've got one from D.L. Moody. I'll, I'll share with you now, and then remind me to share that I have two short uh, C.S. Lewis quotes that I wanted to share with you. But okay. this D.L. Moody quote is pretty cool. It says, "Surely it is not wrong for us to think about and talk about heaven, which is what we're doing today on the show. I like to find out all I can about it. I expect to live there through all eternity. If." I were going to dwell in any place in this country, if I were going to make it my home, I would inquire about its climate, about its neighbor and the neighbors that I would have, right. about everything in it, in fact. Yeah. I could learn concerning uh, about this new place. If, if soon you were going to immigrate, that is the way you would feel as well. Yeah. Well, we are all going to emigrate, immigrate <laughs> in a very little while. We are going to spend eternity in another world. Yeah. It is, it is not natural that we should look and listen and tr- it is, it is not natural that we should look and listen and try to find out who is already there and what is the route to take to get there. Amen. Yeah. That's the key, knowing the route. Yeah. So we're talking about the route and then we're going to get into that. Another thing that we didn't bring up in our notes, but I'm going to share it right now is if you've lost a love, a love child or like a child when he was, they were a baby or, um, you know, miscarriage or, um, even aborted, 
um, a baby, that baby will be in heaven. The Bible talks about that. There's an age of accountability. There, there comes a time when, when the child makes a decision to follow the Lord themselves. And before that time, those children are with God in heaven. And so if you're listening to that one day, you'll be able to, you know, see that, that, that child again, you know, once you get to heaven. So that's the truth. All right. Is the new Jerusalem heaven described in Revelation 21? Is the new Jerusalem heaven described there? So what's your thoughts? Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I was confused. 15 and 14 are out of order. Yeah. So I was, which one do you want me to go with? 14 go or 15? 15. All right. The New Jerusalem, which is also called the Tabernacle of God, the Holy City, the City of God, the Celestial City, the City Foursquare. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. And the Heavenly Jerusalem is literally... Well, because it's a cube. It's box. Boom, boom. Four squares. Oh, it is. 1,400 yeah. square. Yeah. By, yeah. We'll get it's into that. Literally, I know, I keep jumping ahead. Yeah. It's literally heaven on earth. It is referred to in the Bible in several places. Um, some examples, Galatians 4.26, Hebrews 11.10, 12.22-24, and 13.14. But it is most fully described in Revelation 21. Yes, yeah, so, so this is, so when we lived, when uh, Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden, that was the heaven. Okay, so that was heaven on earth. So they lived with Jesus and they fellowshiped with God. They fellowshiped with the divine council and all of that in in the Garden of Eden. The same thing is going to happen once Jesus comes back. So us believers, after we're raptured, we're going to spend a thousand years with in this new Jerusalem. It's going to be a brand new heaven. We're going to describe it here in a second. It's going to be a brand new start of our earth where we're going to fellowship once again with God for a thousand years. And then after that thousand years, then we're going to be with him in all for fellowship for all eternity. Um, but we're going to have a new heaven again. So Jesus, uh, the old heaven was was uh, cursed by Adam's sin. The new heaven is brought in by Jesus and the resurrection power that he gave. So that's what's going to happen. So the new heaven will be here on earth. Yes, it'll okay. be here on earth. So let's go ahead and describe it yep. a little bit. So go Revelation ahead 21. The recorded history of man is at its end. All the ages have come and gone. Christ has gathered his church in the rapture. Um, you can read about that in First Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. Yep. We believe in the rapture. We uh, There's some that don't believe in the rapture that we're going to be caught up, but we believe in it, so that's what we're going to share. And okay. we talked about that yes. in a couple of our shows. Yes. So, man, like, it's been like, wow, it's probably been a year. Yep, that's our interpretation. The tribulation has passed, Revelation 6 through 18. The battle of Armageddon has been fought and won by our Lord Jesus Christ, Revelation 19, um, 17 through 21. Satan has been chained for a thousand-year reign of Christ on earth. See Revelation 20, 1 through 3. So he is to be taken out. This is before the great judgment. So this is before Satan's cast into hell for all eternity. So he's chained for a thousand years, it he's says. bound, huh? Yep. A new glorious temple has been established in Jerusalem. Read Ezekiel 40 uh, through 48. So this is a prophecy. Yep. So it, uh, it talked about the new Jerusalem coming, okay? The final rebellion against God has been quashed, yep. and Satan has received... You like that word, quashed? I do, quashed. Yes. I had to look it up to make sure yeah. I used that correctly. Yeah. And, and Satan has received his just punishment, an eternity in the lake of fire. This is Revelation 27 through 10. The great white throne judgment has taken place, and mankind has been judged. Revelation 20, 11 through 15. Yep. So there's going to be a time. So this kind of sets up the what's coming. Yep. And here it is. The New Jerusalem New Jerusalem will be fantastically huge. I love that. 
Uh, it'll be there's, huge. No other, there's no other word to say it. It's just fantastically amazing. All right. John records uh, that the city is nearly 1,400 miles long. You're like, okay, it's that's big. a big city. Yeah. But is also that wide and also that high. So picture this, a 1,400-mile cube. Up? Up. Left, across, south, east, down, west, all over there. A cube. Yep. Yeah. You do the math on that. It's big. The New Jerusalem being in equal lengths, width, and depth. Revelation 21, 15 through 17, if you don't believe, Pete. The city will be dazzling in every way. <laughs> it is lit by the glory of God. See verse 40, uh, 23. Yep. It's 12 foundations <clears throat> bearing the names of the 12 apostles are decorated with every kind of precious stone. Mm. It has 12 gates, each a single pearl. Can you imagine that? A yeah. gate made out of a pearl. Yep. Bearing the names of the twelve tribes of Israel, so, to me that's so cool. So you got the twelve, the, the twelve apostles, yep. and then the twelve tribes of Israel. That is cool, right? And it is. It's yeah. so awesome. And then the streets will be made of pure gold. Yep. So that's it. It's huge. Huge. So I believe that we will. So when we're there, so maybe my my home, my dwelling is on the fourteenth hundred floor, fourteen hundred miles up. <laughs> Up high, and I have to go. Look at Pete calling out the penthouse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I naturally thought that way. Is that bad? Lord, forgive me. Well, it's a cube. It might spin. So you might be in the penthouse today, but tomorrow you might be in the basement. So (laughs) it's, but I mean, the Bible only talks about the Jerusalem that there's like the kids are going to play with the lions and the vipers and all of that. Oh, mercy. And and there's, I mean, it's going to be a perfect place. What kind of fish do you think will be in the sea? I don't know. They, they're saying there's a river that's going to go through. There's not going to be any light, no sunlight, no none of that. Don't need it. That you know, God's throne, God's throne is going to light up everything. Um, the river of life is going to be. They also talks about there's going to be a new um, tree of life, and that tree of life is going to have an aroma. We learned this in Enoch, but it's going to have an aroma that's going to be unbelievable aroma. It's going to be have plush fruit. It's going to be a. Um, uh, it's going to be the most amazing uh, fruit ever that you can take and eat. God's going to allow us to eat it. It's going to be the tree of life. So the first tree of life, don't take. This tree of life, we're going to be given to it for, for all eternity. Have at it. Yep. So it's just, it's going to be like the, everything has been changed. So from the very beginning of time, God had a plan. God, there was a thread throughout the whole Bible. From the very beginning, he knew what this is going to lead to. Isn't that amazing? It is. Yep. And All I'm right. guessing it never runs out of fruit, kind of like feeding of the 5,000, right? There, there will it. be excess. That's it. That's so cool. All right. New uh, Jerusalem will be a place of unimagined blessing. The curse of the old earth will um, be gone, Revelation 22.3. In the city are the tree of life for the healing of the nations, and the river of life, verses 1 and 2. And the place that Paul spoke of in the coming ages, God might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. We find that in Ephesians 2, 7. The new Jerusalem is the ultimate fulfillment of all of God's promises. The new Mm. Jerusalem is God's goodness made fully manifest to us. How amazing is that? I can't wait. It is. I want to go now. I know. It's just going to be incredible. All right, let's do our last one. All right. Who are the residents of New Jerusalem? Who are they? Who are they? The Father and the Lamb are there. Angels are at the gates. But the city will be filled with God's redeemed children. That's it. Hey, that's us. Yep. The new Jerusalem is the righteous counter to the evil Babylon. Yep. The world system. 
So the counter to the world system. So whenever you hear Babylon, it's a world system. So when you see in Revelations, the Babylon or whatever, mm. that's the world culture. So we have different worldviews as Christians. We see the world in a whole different light. We see it through the pages of the Bible. The world sees it differently. So whenever you see that Babylon, evil Babylon, it's an opposite. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it counter, it, counter, it contradicts what God's word says. Awesome. So it's right. not just that little city back in the Old Testament days. No. It's referring to yeah. the world. Yeah. Okay. And it will be destroyed by God's judgment. The wicked had their city and God has his. To which city do you belong? That's Ooh. really the question. Yeah. Babylon the Great or the New Jerusalem? Yeah, the old world, the world as we know it, or do we believe in Jesus Christ and in his wow. coming New Jerusalem? Yeah. Which one are you building up treasure in? That's it. If you believe that Jesus, the Son of God, died and rose again and have asked God to save you by his grace, then you are a citizen of the New Jerusalem. Amen. God raised you up with Christ and seated you with him in the heavenly realms uh, in Christ Jesus, Amen. Ephesians 2.6. You have an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade. Amen. First Peter 1 Peter 1.4. Mm. If you have not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, then we urge you, urge you to receive him. The invitation is extended. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let, one of the, let the one who hears say, come. Let the one who's thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of water of life. Revelation twenty two seventeen. Yeah, isn't that funny? So it's closing out the Bible. This is the very end of the Bible, and it says, to the invitation is extended to everybody. So this is in Revelation 22. The Spirit and the bride say, come. Let the one who's here say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life come. And so that's what Jesus is telling all of us now. If if we have heard this and we want to go to heaven, we want to be assured that one day when we die, that we will be with God in heaven for all eternity. Well, you can today. You know, there's uh, I read these these quotes and about heaven, and it says those who go to heaven ride on a pass and enter into blessings that they never earned, but all who go to hell pay their own way. It says, without holiness on earth, we shall never be prepared to enjoy heaven. Heaven is a holy place. The Lord of heaven is a holy being. The angels are holy creatures. Holiness is written on everything in heaven. How shall we ever be at home and happy in heaven if we die unholy? And so today we're asking people that if you are unholy and if you do not know Jesus and you have not put your trust in Jesus, you can do so now. All God is asking you to do is just to humble your heart. He's asking you to repent of your sins. He's asking you to accept his son into your heart as his Lord and personal Savior. He's asking you to believe that he died and rose again on the third day. He's asking you to um, put your trust and your hope in him. He's asking you to live for him. Jesus says that he wants to give you this free gift of eternal life. He wants to bless your life. He wants to bring an anointing upon your life. He wants to provide for you. He wants to give you peace. He wants to give you joy. He wants to give you a life abundantly. He wants to do the complete opposite of what Satan's trying to do to your life. John 10, 10 says that Satan is coming to steal, rob, rob, steal, and destroy you. He's coming to completely annihilate you. All Satan wants is to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your job. He wants to destroy your kid's life. He wants to destroy your relationships. He wants to destroy every aspect. That's all he's about. 
When we live for ourselves and we live to please ourselves, we are, we are giving in to Satan's attacks. We are actually living for him. But when we surrender our life to Jesus and we, we, we choose to not to live for ourselves any longer, we choose to be in a fellowship with Jesus. We choose to love people as he loved them. We choose to lay down our lives as he laid down his life. We choose to walk in a humble way, recognizing that it's not about us. It's about him. It's always been about him. Hmm. And when we do that, God says that he can then bless you. He can then take ownership in your life. He can then have fellowship with you. And that's all he's wanting. And so if that's you today and you've heard this and you desire to be in that fellowship and that relationship with Jesus, all you got to do is close your heart, uh, close your eyes and bow your heart and just say, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I pray that you would come into my life, that you would save me from my past, that you would save me from my sin today. I repent of that sin. Lord, I want to choose to follow you today. I want to, I want to live my life that's pleasing to you. I want to learn to, to walk with you. I want to learn your ways. I want to be like you, Jesus. Will you teach me? And Jesus will look down from heaven and he would say, yes, my son, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And the Bible says that every angel in heaven is rejoicing because of the decision that you made. And now that you've made that decision, God is asking you to do something. He's asking you to go tell somebody. He's, he says that if you confess me before man here on earth, I will confess you before my father in heaven. But if you deny me, before man here on earth. I will do deny you before my Father in heaven. If you've truly given your life to the Lord, you've repented of your sins, God says, go tell your friends, go tell your family, go tell your coworkers, go tell your mom and dad, go tell your kids, go share with them the good news that Jesus has touched your life, that he's changed you, and that one day you're gonna be with him for eternity in heaven. What an awesome, awesome thing to be able to say with confidence. Be blessed. Bob. Wow. Good stuff, Pete. I, I promised you a couple quotes. Um, so let me deliver those real quick and then uh, we'll, we'll wrap up this amazing show. Um, C.S. Lewis said, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for this present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. Mm. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this one. And then the second quote really just struck home. It said, to every soul... God will look like its first love because he is its first love. Your place in heaven will seem to be made for you and you alone because you were made for it. Made for it stitch by stitch as a glove is made for a hand. Mm. What a picture. Yeah. What a picture. That was awesome. So, guys, you know, if we're just asking you to share it. You know, if you've got people out there that may need to hear about heaven, and here's an opportunity, just share the show. If you're listening on a podcast, share it on your your social media sites. Um, go to go to the Riot Podcast on on uh, Facebook and tell us what you think. Comment on our posts there. And uh, man, you know what? I I always say this, but I would love to hear where you're listening to us from. So we you know we get numbers of downloads and stuff like that, but sometimes it's hard to tell where those are coming from. It'd be really cool to say, hey, I'm listening from wherever, and uh, you know we we would just really like that. And but more importantly, comment. 
tell us what you'd like about the show and if there's something you would like us to cover or something we just got wrong let us know about it we're okay we're okay with that um honestly uh, the the name of the show is a righteous invasion of truth and if we get something wrong we want to know and we want to be able to correct it but man we love you guys we look forward to uh uh, next week and what you know what we talk about next week but guys uh just thank you for listening share the show with somebody everybody needs to know about this heaven that you you learned about today amen so, we love you take care have an amazing week be blessed this has been the riot podcast if you liked what you heard today please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends see you back here next week for another episode of the riot podcast